Hello and welcome to the second in a two-part podcast series about operational resilience sponsored by Claims Consortium Group, where we will ask the question, how would the insurance industry respond to repeat of the 1987 Great Storm? Now today, we will reflect on response planning in light of the proposed requirements to strengthen operational resilience in the financial services sector, which are due to come into force on the 31st of March 2022. And as I say, joining me today, we have Carl Parr, the Claims Technical Service Director at AXA, and Matt Brady, Group Managing Director at Claims Consortium Group. Welcome, gentlemen. Hi. Hi. So if I come to you, first of all, Matt, could I say and ask, in terms of the regulatory uh, guidance on operational resilience being introduced in March 2022, how might this inform how insurance comes to prepare and scenario tests for future major weather events? So as a, as a supplier, we're in an interesting sort of place, um, sort of pre-March, in that a lot of the consultancy and uh, work has not really filtered down to, to, to the supply chain. I think we're in a position at the moment of trying to engage with our clients and insurers to understand um, the, uh, you know, what the regular guidance will be and how that will impact it. Um, you know, we're interested in finding out whether there'll be listing criteria for measurement, for example. Um, you know, are they going to be sharing all the insurer's input after consultation? Will that help inform the insurance companies and how to prepare and scenario test? Because for a supplier, we'll undoubtedly have to mirror all the criteria um, from this regulation that, that our clients have because we're a key um, integral part of uh, of their solution to um, uh, you know major weather event in terms of this operational resilience. So, 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 so for us, it's a kind of uh, place of waiting and seeing um, how this works out with the insurers. But obviously, we all know that what gets measured gets attention, and, and I'm sure that this is what's going to be coming the supply chain's way. Carl. Yeah, I think for me, you know, good regulation normally formalises good existing practice uh, that does or, or should already exist. So I'd, I'd like to think that we're we're pretty well placed around some of this. I think that the new regulations do have a take a different perspective on, on how we measure the impact of incidents that affect our business, uh, and as a result, will impact our customers. Um, obviously, it looks it asks us to look at our business in terms of you know, the services we offer our customer and how the loss of services uh, could cause harm. Um, you know, so we need to get our heads around those, those things that are, you know, important and could cause intolerable harm, etc. But I think a lot of these things are things that we would be uh, considering uh, in, in any case. Um, but this is formalising it more so. Um, I think the... Um, this change of perspective asks us to scenario stress test these important business services. Um, and, and so so that's what we will do. Uh, and you know, and we'll continue to identify any weaknesses or vulnerabilities and, and continue to, to fix those so that our customer gets the uh, gets gets the best uh, outcomes. Um, so yeah, I think um, you know, if we did have a major weather event, we have to just bear in mind also that these events can and do impact, you know as well as our customers uh, but these regulations will, will help us stay on track to making sure that we're, we're more resilient and therefore available at the moment our customers uh, need them. And Carl I mean to Matt's point earlier how important is it for insurance companies to work with their supply chain partners when mapping and scenario testing for potentially disruptive events? Oh, it's very important if the uh, you know in the first year of the regulation that we look at this aspect at a high level, we've, 
you know, the, the most critical suppliers who, who, who support the delivery of our business service needs. So we've got to be working with them. Um, and, and then we'll need to dig deeper into the services and the supply chain supporting them and just make sure that there's, you know, there aren't any vulnerabilities there that may impact what we want to do for our, for our customers. Um, and so stress testing of the supply chain, working with the supply chain, identifying uh, resi resiliency is critical uh, to keeping actor you know within its impact tolerance uh, should we experience such events so yeah it's vital we work together and matt from your perspective yeah i think again um i agree with a lot of what what, what carlos said and, and and i can't you know for me the importance of uh, of mapping and scenario testing uh, it really really does generate its use uh, the great example for me personally was the you know the co the covid um pandemic you know for must be nine on 10 years in my, you know, risk meetings that I hold as a business, we have a flu pandemic and, you know, a pandemic uh, plan. And you know what, in my head, I thought this will never happen. You know, you do have that sort of uh, feeling, but we went through it and are so relieved that we had a plan um, and that we'd done it and we'd worked with our supply chain and how quickly we were able to respond. I mean, we've changed it a lot since we've learned from it. But just having that plan to start with was, was really, really uh, useful, especially working with our um, su supply chain. And I think if you've got a plan and you document that you tested it, even if it doesn't go to plan because every scenario is different, at least you can demonstrate you've done what is reasonably practicable, that you've taken those right steps. And I think that's important too, and to show that as a business you're taking these things seriously. So yeah, I, I think it's so important to get this planning right, even though you know that uh, after the event, your subsequent plan may look very different because that's what you've learned. So, I mean, Matt, you touched on, on COVID there. I mean, do you think COVID kind of coupled with this kind of these new kind of guidance coming into force in March 2020, do you expect the insurance sector to become more sophisticated in identifying and managing their tolerances for wide scale disruptions, disruptions in the future? Yeah, I think that necessity that we have to do that um, has given us those disciplines. I mean, a lot of businesses have, have taken this time to really look at how they work, to really invest in future-proofing themselves from future events. You know, it was a scary time. Everything shut down and businesses need to keep trading. Um, and so that necessity has really driven a lot of innovation, um, certainly in supply chain and our insurers, and no doubt across many industries. And now we should look to incorporate that for the future. Carl. Yes, I mean, surge events obviously have been on our radar for a long time now, uh, as has the planning to, you know, to maintain good customer service through them and, and also the desire to keep improving that. Um, the regulators are certainly expecting all financial institutions such as AXA to further develop that approach and be able to evidence that development you know, in their annual self-assessments. Um, I mean, we've already noted at AXA in, in the work that we've been doing that our views have matured we've identified important business services mapped them detailed our impact tolerances and, and done the scenario stress testing against these so um yeah i think as we develop our understanding and the detail around these services will continue to identify improvements and and further enhance resilience i think it can can only be a, a good thing for both us and our suppliers and can I ask then, Carl, in conclusion, I mean, what changes would you expect insurance companies to introduce to satisfy the regulators' demands for operational resilience? There's already been a, a, you know, a fundamental change in, in how companies operate their uh, sort of operational resilience function. Uh, you know, we, we've got teams uh, involved in operational resilience now. 
uh, and the key driver being Nova Action now looks at their resilience through the lens of, of, of our customers, uh, you know, and this is sure to benefit you know all involved. Um, as I mentioned, I'd expect to see insurers becoming even more re resilient to large-scale incidents, more able to bounce back in the recovery from them, and maintain even more focus on, on the services that, that, that matter to our customers. Um, as I said before, it's, it's a moment to shine, and uh, you know, th th this work will help ensure that we can do that. Matt? Yeah, um, you know, at risk of sounding like an echo chamber for Cal and always agreeing with what he's saying there. <laughs> I think that um, absolutely, you know, um, I, I see more formal catastrophe planning going forward. Um, you know, I, I certainly an intrigue to see how we can better test those scenarios. Um, you know, how can we, you know, how do our systems cope with putting a thousand claims through them an hour? Um, what would that look like? What environment can we create where we test and stress those pieces to see what will happen? We can model what happens to phone lines, to supply chains. Um, and, and we're certainly working on that with our down, downstream suppliers. Um, and, and again, I think there's a lot about documenting to demonstrate that, that we've done all we can, um, that you can't deal with every scenario, but at least we can show that we have put in place reasonable tasks and reasonable stress tests to see what, what will happen. And, uh, and I think finally, I think one thing that I'm seeing already is uh, I think there really is this further embrace of, of the technology that is um, sort of available. I mean, you know, particularly things like automation, the, the, the requirements and needs for those to assist us are, are really stronger now. You know, the technology exists, it isn't you, it just needs that that will, you know, we don't have enough people um, in an organization to deal with uh, 30 times our normal claims. So we have to use what we can. And can we automate manual tasks? Can we expand our capacity to be more problem solvers than manual taskers? And I think that we'll all benefit from the um, the, the stresses, ironically, that COVID has put us under, because I think we'll come out stronger. And this regulation has kind of fine-tuned our mind to bring it all together. And I do think that as a result of both COVID and the regulations, we're going to come out as a stronger and better place industry to deal with the next event. Unfortunately, again, we've run out of time, so I'd like to say a big thank you to Matt and Carl for sharing their thoughts, and also for Claims Consortium Group who are sponsoring this podcast. Just to remind you to check out the first episode in which we looked at things like pinch points, coordination and communication in the event of a major surge event. So it's goodbye for me now and goodbye for my panel. Cheerio, everybody. Cheerio.